This is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm Sean O'Laughlin. Hi, folks. I'm Jim O'Laughlin. And this is another super duper special episode because we're having all kinds of guests on. We, we didn't know if we were going to be having guests on the show when we first started, but we've had a <laughs> lot of a lot of guests on uh, in the last couple episodes. So it's it's awesome that we're getting getting some friends all in kinds to talk of about fun. this. Yeah. But before I introduce our special guests for this episode, uh, Dad, how do you know if your house is haunted? I don't know, Mr. Dad joke. Go ahead. Well, if there's ghosts in it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Bad. I mean, come on. Uh, John and Crystal, okay. so, yeah, you might want to leave now. Let's go. Let's just shut them down. So it's just, uh, you know, he just, can just, just remind me which one I used the dad again. That's right. Just Tell checking. me about it. See? See? Th- thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank well, you. Well, and he... Yeah. Jonathan does a pun day. Pun a day on my Facebook, but... You don't necessarily need to be a dad, but I, I always That's say the second home. my... The second my first kid was on, <laughs> I the second that. my first kid was born, I, they just started like spewing out of my That's mouth. Right. I don't know. That's it's right. just, it's natural, you know? Whether you want to or not, um, you just happen to be there. But this is, the, this is the Halloween special. This is the best time of year. This is my favorite time of year. I'm really excited to be talking about some Halloween music. And I brought on some very special guests who keep me thinking about Halloween all year long. Jonathan and Crystal from Haunt Weekly. Yep. If you don't know who Haunt Weekly is, uh, Jonathan, actually, I'll have you kind of give a, a quick little intro of who you guys are and what your podcast is and, you know, give us give us your pitch. It's kind of what it says on the tin. We are two very avid home haunters who have also worked in pro haunts and been involved in the haunted attraction community for, a, well, about almost 20 years now. It's getting close. Um, and it's basically a weekly podcast about haunted attractions. We do it 52 times a year. Publish, we do it live every Sunday. Publish the recorded version on Monday. And we just find a new topic to do a deep dive in and have fun with it. You guys have done over 250 episodes. Yeah, we published 255 right before recording this. Wow. And, you know, the key to our success is limited editing. <laughs> that's that's what holds me back that's right i, I that's i'm right. A, an obsessive editor i i enjoy editing so i do a lot of it yeah john, the, the, john do you do a weekly show yes yeah we it's did it's weekly. Weekly, weekly yeah it's every oh, yeah. every sunday uh we record every monday we publish it and been doing that for damn near five years now wow good for you wow. and you guys also do some other was look are you still doing garbage horror stuff we like are still and but stuff? not this year this year because of all the inter- all the uh, ongoing pandemicness. We are not reviewing haunts. It wouldn't be fair anyway, because the haunts don't really have the ability to do the things they want and need to do. And we're not personally very comfortable with crowds and crowded situations, right. which we're seeing at haunts anyway. Right. So we're just skipping this year. But yeah, we do the haunt attraction reviews every year. We usually pump out about uh, twelve to fourteen of those. Every year, and that's on top of working on our own haunt and haunt weekly, and just basically not sleeping through September, October, <laughs> and into yeah. November. <laughs> oh, and day jobs. Don't forget those. Those yeah. are still a thing too. <laughs> so, Dad, you know that I'm a total Halloween nut. I oh, think I found people that are m- more nutty about Halloween than I, I am. Doubt so, it. I doubt it. Although maybe, um, but uh, I, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> but yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, if if. If you are interested in, in haunted attractions and just kind of, you know, you you love Halloween and you, you want to keep that spirit, you know, somewhat alive throughout the year, definitely check out their show. I, I listen to it every week. I am a big fan and I listen regularly uh, and I try to get in on the live ones and get in the chat when I can. I was in there last night talking with you guys a little bit, but. Um, yeah, and we, and we plugged you, but you were gone already. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> I do have it's two like, oh, kids still. So. Oh, <laughs> well, they, I'll have to go back and listen to the it's recorded episode. Right. Get you guys another download. So, um, but they're they're on tonight to talk about uh, some Halloween music because music is what we do on our show. And you guys mentioned in uh, a few episodes ago, you were talking about Halloween music. I think your question of the day was, "What's your favorite Halloween song?" And I heard that, and I was like, "Well, this is perfect. They can come on the show, and we can talk about some Halloween music." So 
what we're going to do is we're going to take kind of a deep dive like we always do into one song that is super creepy and super Halloweeny, and there's some fun stuff to talk about with it. And then we'll kind of talk about our playlists and what we what other stuff that we like to listen to around this time of year so other people can build their own playlists and get in the spirit as uh, as we approach All Hallows' Eve. So the song that we are going to dive into tonight is called The Hearse Song, and we're doing the version, this is a song that a lot of people have done, but we're doing the version by Harley Poe, and Jonathan, I, I assume you know some history behind this. A little bit, yeah. Can you can you give us a little intro into this it, song? It's, it's believed to go back to the Crimean War, actually. It's believed to go all the way back that far, but we know it goes back to World War One because it was brought from British soldiers, and British soldiers and American soldiers would sing it, and then it was picked up. <laughs> I just looked this up like an hour ago before we got on here. It's amazing how that <laughs> happens, isn't it? But anyways, um, it was picked up and put in an anthology of folk songs in the 1920s and sort of had a resurgence in more recent times because of the very, very, I would say, gothic and visceral nature of this song. It's found sort of a, a new home in this more indie music time. Because as you'll see, it's a very stripped down song. And so a lot of gothic musicians, uh, Carl Sandburg. Told you yes. I'd get there. <laughs> you got there before Google. <laughs> still win. <laughs> Carl Sandburg was the one. He actually did it as part of the <laughs> Humans are still superior. <laughs> <laughs> we win. <laughs> Screw you, Google. We win today. <laughs> but, but seriously, Carl Sandburg picked it up, put it in a collection of folk songs from that era because he was big into the revival of folk music. And like I said, it's seen a resurgence in recent years, including Harley Poe. Yeah, it's a super simple song. Yeah. And I think the, the where people would recognize it from now and i was explaining this to my dad uh right before we started recording is the sheet music and i don't know how much of the lyrics uh are are in the scary stories to tell in the dark books um which is for my generation it is really really big it's it's anyone that's in our in my generation and is into horror and and creepy things and you can almost guarantee that that was inspired by the goosebumps series of books and the scary stories to tell in the dark um, trilogy. And I think this is, this is how I was introduced to it. I actually didn't really know this song. I had heard it before because I think we, you know, you sing it at camps and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I was introduced to this version of it from a documentary about those books that is on Amazon prime right now, um, which is fantastic. And I, I have some quotes from it because it helps kind of explain why these types of songs exist. It's really interesting. Um, but let's go ahead and listen to it. So go to the official, you're not listening Spotify playlist or click the link in the show notes for the YouTube link and come on back and we'll talk about it. Well, well, before you say a thing, okay, <laughs> two comments. One, what kind of camps did you go to or work at, number one? I was number, going to ask that, but and, I didn't want yeah. to spoil it. And number two, who the hell are your parents that this is the kind of song that you love? To, oh, that's me. Sorry. All right. God. <laughs> yeah, you might roll that one back. Hey, Crystal was, was jamming. I can see she was she feeling was. it. I saw that, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is such an interesting song to me, though, because it's... <laughs> it's really like you said it's really visceral it's gruesome it's really kind of nasty but it's also a little bit silly but he takes it really seriously like there's a sincerity to this to the way that he performs this yeah. this really stripped down song it's really interesting to me i, I think there's a lot to that we can kind of look into with this and i know <laughs> it, it it reminds me well, I'll, I'll get I'll get to what it reminds me of <laughs> before, but I want to get everyone else's kind of first impression, you know, when they hear this song, what they think. It just makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Send help. These are your people, Sean. These are your people. Oh. Yeah. But it's also a really good description of how the body decays. Yeah. And it, a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> it, it actually is. Morticians say this actually is very much descriptive of the actual process. This is why I opt for cremation. Um, <laughs> so it's a science song. It's a little bit of science in it, too. It's a, <laughs> just a little bit. A little skosh. But no, I mean, I, re- I remember the first uh, time I heard, obviously, that book, The Worms Crawl In, The Worms Crawl Out. It's just so damn catchy. Even if you never remember anything else from that song, that 
is going to be stuck in your head. And, it, and like leave. I said, it's the way he sings that, the way he performs. Oh, it's an that. actual earworm. Yeah, it's <laughs> a legitimate earworm. <laughs> but that's funny. But no, I, I love that, and I love the the last line has always stuck with me. After all this morbidity, all this discussion of how you're going to die and the worms are going to chew you, and you're going to explode with pus. The last line is, and that is the end of a perfect day. Perfect day, right. <laughs> and I, I love well, that. It, it's not even that last night. It's right before it, too. You know, and this no. is what it is to die. It's telling no. you, like, this is, sorry, no. No. this is no, right. this is reality. This, this is, is nature. And, and it, this and, is the way that it's supposed to be. <laughs> and, and to me, the way I always read into that line was it's a reminder. I mean, the whole song is a reminder of our immortality. Everyone on this podcast and listening to it is going to die. Sorry to break the bad news. And the world is going to go on after us. What is the worst day for your corpse in history when the worms crawl and the worms crawl out will be someone else's perfect day. It'll be the day they live their life to the fullest, the day they meet their loved one. The world goes on. So, Dad, I know that you were, you know, you probably, you, you probably got a little bit of sticker shock with this because you, I've you probably it. didn't know what you were a in little for. Bit, huh? No, I've heard it. I've heard it. I remember parts of it. Yeah. You've heard this? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Like I said, the first time I heard this version that I can recall was actually recently, and it was from this documentary. It's just the documentary is just called Scary Stories, and it's available on Amazon Prime right now. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can go watch it for free. Uh, and it's it's talking about these books because these books were super controversial. They were kind of silly stories, but the stories are also they also deal with a lot of things like this death and, you know, cannibalism and all all this real like and, nasty and stuff detailed and gruesome and the 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 pictures if you see some if you look up some of the pictures you'll know it'll come right back because i guarantee you've seen okay you've seen these books around and you've okay. seen the images from them they're they're everywhere and so you know they were really controversial in schools and but kids love them so like there was all this argument about should schools carry them should they be banned and all this stuff and i pulled a couple of quotes from it because it really these quotes are what what made me want to do this song on this episode because I it's really interesting to me. So the first one, I don't know the woman's name because I didn't I didn't see it in this section of it. But um the quote she said, Death in children's literature is a perennial theme. It's one of the themes that appeals to most uh, that appeals most to our imaginations through our emotions, but it also is fascinating for children in terms of helping them develop a sense of self. Some kids are incessant, they want to know what does it look like to be dead? Not just what happens after we die. They don't want we all turn into spirits. It's I want to know about the worms crawl in and the worms crawl out. And this is, you know, kids love gross stuff. That's what I was saying. Uh, and then right after that, uh, there's a quote from a woman named Maria Tatar. Tatar. I don't, I don't know how. It, we all butcher names, we know. <laughs> um, but she's a professor of children's literature, German literature and folklore at Harvard University. And uh, she said, children need these outlets. They need to have platforms like verse, chants, or silly songs that enable them to somehow banish their fears. And the young are precocious, and they know that people die, but nobody will talk to them about it. And I found that fascinating. And it really reminds me of, like I was saying, camp songs. I was a camp counselor for many years, <laughs> and the songs that these kids sing are out of this world. And it reminds me of, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the camp song, Great Green Globs. Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah. Dad, you remember that one? Great, great green globs of greasy, grimy gopher guts. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's just as nasty as this, if not worse. Right. right. Yeah. Um, children with big smiles. Yeah. <laughs> and kids love it. They love, I mean, yeah. they, they sing it at the top of their lungs. They love <laughs> right. this stuff. And, and it's really interesting to me because if you play that for an adult, they're going to have the reaction that you had. Like, who the hell are you? Why are you, why are you listening to this crap? This is disgusting. <laughs> and who are your parents? It's upsetting. <laughs> But is it really upsetting? It's fascinating yeah. when you're a kid and you don't know you're learning about the world. So I think the themes are really interesting. And like I said, it's portrayed in a somewhat silly way, right? Yeah. With, you know, you, you you spread it on a slice of bread. Yeah. Yeah. A big green worm with rolling eyes. Like that's cartoonish. And it's yeah. just it's 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 silly. But then when you get to the performance of it, it's very he's he's very serious. In the way yeah. that he he performs. My favorite line in it is actually that they go in lean and thin and crawl out fat and stout. <laughs> Which a that has the morbidity of oh god the worms are eating you, but at the same yeah. time it's this really funny image of the, these skinny worms coming in and the ones coming out are just like really big and fat. It's a, yeah, I could it's, see it's that cartoonish. being animated. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a, it's very visual. The whole thing it, it creates these visuals that are kind of like half serious and half half cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what gets me is like the way that he plays it, the way that he sings it. He's got a really cool voice. Yeah, uh, I can't mm-hmm. say I've listened to his other songs, any other songs by him. Um, but his voice is really interesting. He almost sounds like he used to have a lisp, and then he got rid of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Well, his other songs are worth checking out. If you like this one, it's in the same vein. Okay, yeah. so maybe good for Halloween time. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or year-round. I listen so, to it year-round. So, <laughs> so this is his theme, or just one of the themes of the types of stuff that he, that he puts out? Or is it mostly all in the same genre? This is one of the few covers that he's done. So since he didn't write it, but the ones that he writes are just as visceral and in the same genre. Wow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It makes sense that he did write this, but he didn't like said folk song from God knows when. So yeah, but his other stuff is very much in the same vein as, as this. I was saying that, and he's made a a very, very interesting career. Like there's a, a whole bunch of these sort of, I guess gothic musicians who specialize in a more stripped down sound. I think of like Voltaire would be another one I would think of. I, I Voltaire's more comedy. He does but, a lot of kind of steampunk stuff too. Yeah. thrown in. But that style, the style of gothic, stripped down, just me and my instrument, just singing these weird, at times violent and messed up lyrics. Yeah, I consider Har- Well, Harley Poe has written himself that he considers himself. <laughs> Punk folk, folk. Yeah, punk folk. Mm. Punk folk. And I, I know you have um, a, de- a strict definition of punk. But <laughs> I, I don't. Paying, I don't. I was paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I think He's... that the the punk, the people who are really into punk, yeah. create very strict definitions of, of punk. And I think that there's a, an ex- exclusivity that happens that I don't yeah. like. I don't okay. I don't like that exclusivity uh, in, in the punk scene. But there are... Some things that I would that that I would say that's definitely punk rock. That's definitely punk okay, rock. Okay, fair play. Um, and I can see how this guy's attitude and and his his the way he carries himself. When I saw this interview with him and stuff, I'm like, okay, he. You can see, yeah, he's he's probably a punk rocker. Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah, but I like I said, I haven't listened to his other stuff, so I can't speak to that. So um, so Jonathan, you had mentioned if I can jump in for a second. Sure. Yeah. The the history of this song. Yeah. Which you said go, goes back, and then was no, brought over, yeah. brought yeah. brought over by um, in World War One by uh, the uh, the, the the American and English armies and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the, I always heard a story about in the middle of World War One, they all of a sudden on Christmas night they stopped singing, they stopped fighting, and they started singing Silent Night. Like that's like yeah. a, a legendary thing. Like so, when Halloween, yeah, the did Christmas they all stop singing? The very first did, year, yeah. Did they all stop and start singing this on Halloween, on Hallow's Eve, like, you know? And <laughs> I, I don't think the Chris fighting was saying they, come, they go in thin and they come out like, oh, this is romantic. Let's not kill each other. Let's <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, like, the Americans entered the war late. We got there kind of late in World War One. We, we were late to the party. Um, and one of the things about it is you, you can understand that, like, there was this mentality of we're trying to have peace and happiness. And the war ground a lot of people down. And next thing you know, they're singing this instead of Silent Night together. <laughs> I think so. That so is this an bi- old English? That part of the war. Yeah. And, is this an old English or a British folk song that was it's brought over? It's believed to be. It's believed to be. The understanding that I found online was that it was originally from the Crimean War, though no one can actually prove that. Which would make okay. it British, and that the Brits and the Americans, the Americans picked it up, obviously being in the trenches. Interesting. With the Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Wow. Right, <laughs> and now it's actually weirdly enough, it's now considered an American folk song, even though its origins were almost certainly British. Well, we steal everything from them. Oh, yeah. Right, right. It, that's yeah. that's the American way. <laughs> well, and if you know anyone who works in a morbid job or has to deal with a lot of trauma, there's a dark sense of humor there that gets you through it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've been watching a lot of Mash, and. The, the, the watching them cut open people and make jokes about it. And this guy's got enough shrapnel that they just threw the cannon at him. <laughs> they didn't even fire around at him. Stuff like that. Yeah, there's a humor in the morbidity. It's a way to. Interesting, right? It's a, it's a way not to go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's fascinating to me. I think, you know, it, it's not. I'm not coming to this song and listening to this song for, for that. I'm yeah. listening to this song because it's really interesting to me. Um, that whole that whole 
yeah. th- thing is just it's it's fascinating to me about you know learning about your mortality and exploring mortality and, and nature and and what really happens um is fascinating to me and i think it's really interesting that that this song got so popular in this kind of niche genre um that i am not really engulfed in I, I i know some songs from it but it's mostly because i love halloween and you know these songs come on halloween playlists um and so yeah, some of that kind of gothic stripped down gothic stuff i do there there are other songs i like like that dad last year when we did this i mentioned the song revolta silenciosa um i don't know if you guys know that song it no. is by a band called human wine you should definitely look that up you guys would probably love it but it's very it's the same thing it's very visceral Crystal's it's very, on it right now good job yeah she's Crystal. the official she, she's on it. yeah um and i'm sure as soon as you see the album cover for from human wine you'll you'll see what i mean it's just yeah. um they fit right into that genre and it's it's a really cool song but I, I think a lot of this has actually come about because of the internet there's been new avenues for exploring mortality one great youtube channel is ask a mortician where basically my mortician caitlin answers all of these questions about what goes on at funeral homes and how funeral you know how bodies are processed and what takes place and it's a very behind the scenes look at you know how we die and what happens to our physical presence that we just didn't have you know and it's that uh, it's that lizard brain kind of yeah. it's like the um you know it's like how everyone slows down when there's a car accident and looks everybody wants to everybody wants to see and, everybody wants to know but but it's like a dirty little secret you don't want to ask the questions um and i think so, everyone some people at least get a lot of comfort from it because understanding it taking away some of that mystery Hmm. Makes it less scary, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. And that gets right back to like what they were saying in this documentary is kids kids need that. So they need yeah. these kind of silly songs to yeah. explain that. And, and I think adults too do. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about the music a little bit. Um, okay. And I don't know how closely you guys generally listen to, to kind of all the different sounds and songs and stuff. We have – dad and myself have adapted to listen very very closely when we listen to music so dad is there anything that stood out to you in that when you listen to that song the, the meter of it of how it, the tempo would just kind of um oh it's a crawl yeah it, it just kind of bring, and it pulls you along is what it does yeah you know? i was playing yeah. it's super simple this is a super simple song yeah. I, I was playing around with it <laughs> this this afternoon it's so easy to kind of you know pick up and uh it is that just crawling it the, he got the creepy sound <laughs> yeah right right and, and yeah the meter it's not like any meter you're used to hearing it's not super slow it's not like a you know a really really slow song but it's also not regular pop tempo or anything like that it's in this weird in-between place right. where it feels like it's dragging like you said like it's dragging you yeah it's, it. hold on i get i set up my studio so i get all all my stuff right at <laughs> arm's length here How's that? Yep. Yep. And it just feels like it's, it's like, it just feels like it's pulling you, you know, or, or maybe those are the, you know, the, the ants marching on your brain or the, <laughs> the worms chewing. I feel like I'm going down the rabbit hole of, you know, of the haunt or something like this. Yeah, I think it's. It really is like yeah. a dredge, like yeah. a, like a slow moving thing. Yeah, it's a very unsettling tempo. Yeah, what? Well, yes, thank you. Okay, thank, thank that's you. That's a good word. I was for trying it. to figure out, like, how do you kind of define yeah. that? That's that's a really good word, Jonathan. Right, right. Every once in a while, I do say something good. And then what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when the banjo kicks in, you know, I love I love the banjo. I'm a big fan of the banjo. Dad knows that. Um, and when that kicks in, I I like how that kind of just it, it doesn't go many places, right? It it kind of just floats in the air. That riff just kind of yep. continues to flow throughout it. the yep. whole song. It's that. Let me see if I can get this going. Yeah, and if you're not listening close, you might even not notice it's in there the first few times. I, I have to say that I didn't notice as much. I, I noticed the, the tempo, but I mean, the words are so compelling and. Yeah, the words are the focus. And they terrible and terrifying sure. and cool and wonderful and funny and thinking about my son singing a song in a camp <laughs> bus somewhere. Just like all that stuff. There's the, I didn't even hear the I banjo, think it's more, to be honest. The only thing that I remembered the first time I heard the song was that rhyme, the worms agreed, crawl in, the worms agreed, crawl right, out, right? right? And it's just like that over and over again. 
Um, but I think more of the camp songs is I was thinking more of like the Great Green Globs. Yeah. Um, but the those two kind of <laughs> they fit very well together right. in right. my mind. Mm-hmm. And that that banjo part I just love because it doesn't. It almost sounds like he's going to play that riff and then he's going to sing and then he'll play the riff again. But it, he continues to play it or whoever is playing it because he's probably just playing the acoustic guitar. But he, it continues to play over his verse and it goes right along with every line that he sings. And it's just this kind of like ethereal sound that's floating above the song. It's fascinating to me. It's it's the okay, producer. Sean, did a good stop job right there. That. Crystal and Jonathan, did you even hear a banjo? Yes. Yes. You, I oh, think it actually brightens me. it. It took, but I'll say this, it wasn't until like my fifth or so on, because like you said, you get so sucked into the lyrics right? and you're right, listening to the right. words that you're not paying attention to the music. The, the Those lyrics are in the voice, the vocals are just front and center, smacking you in the face with every yep. line being more gruesome than the last. And his, so, his yeah, voice is so unique. The sound of his voice yeah. is so unique too. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And I, 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 sh- Once again, I unsettling. Have- I should have known and should have listened, you know, in, in a whole different way because these are the arguments that Sean and I always have is the old, oh, did you hear that lyric and did you hear how it was put together and how it all worked? And he said, no, but did you hear that, you know, and he does something with the musical stuff, missed it completely, you know, so well, th- that's typical. I, excuse me. I think one of the things is you said they're dragging you along. I think part of both the production and the tempo and everything is to force you to listen to what they want to. And it takes... You have to yep. get out of that rut of what they want you to listen to to examine those other elements. I think it's a very deliberate choice on their part. Yeah, deliberate's a good word. Another thing that I so I noticed the banjo right away because I love I love the riff. I love. Well, he that, didn't account for banjo players listening to it. I guess. But, but the thing that I didn't notice until listening to it again today was that there's bass. There's some really heavy bass in this song. And in a lot of these quiet, stripped down acoustic songs, you don't get bass um, a, a lot of times. And there is some heavy bass and he's he's going right along with just the chord progression. But then after he kicks in, he kicks it in, you know, he, he goes up to his chest voice in, in that um, after he says, and that's what you eat when you're dead. And then when he's in that kind of more powerful vocal range, the bass line goes from just long notes with the with the chord progression just you know from do 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 to that to more staccato and it's like a little bit more climbing up and down um in the scales and it's a little bit playful uh it's kind of, it, it adds kind of a bounciness to the song which is really interesting so, and and you may not have picked up on it i didn't pick up on it so until today let's but I was like, oh, so that's really cool. So if we really take cool. this one step further, a little fast forward, for what you folks do, like when you when you put on a haunt, yeah. well, one question is, and, and don't answer this yet, but one question is, how do you use music within it? And part two of that question is, Sean, take out the vocals of this song and have just the you know the stripped down version of, of um, the acoustic and then with the bass and with a little banjo. Would that be creepy music? Would it yeah. be like really creepy, Absolutely. like in the I, background? So they're using it in the background so. of, of some of their... I mean, is that what it's for? It, it could be. I mean, what we typically do when we use music in our haunt, um, I've kind of gotten the uh, reputation for making unsettling versions of tracks. And it's really actually quite simple. Uh, basically, what I do is I take the music, like a song you know. Like we were, did a, uh, a diner sequence once. We had doo-wop music, a lot of doo-wop era music in there. Mm-hmm. What I did is I slowed everything down by about 20% and then dropped the pitch one half of an octave, basically. And made it sound like the record player was faulty or the sound system was faulty or whatever. Didn't do anything else with it. And so you're listening to all these very bright, upbeat doo-wop songs that are suddenly now very morbid and messed up. Oh, and nice, that I think nice. that's one of the reasons why this is so unsettling, because this does that, but it's in the song. I didn't make those edits. That's just, the, just song. the song. <laughs> it's exactly what it does. It kind of, yeah, kind of gives you that, like, it's like it's kind of behind you. It gives you that kind of feeling like you're being watched or, or something, you know. It, it's the same types of feelings that it gives you. It's just that kind of creepy feeling in your gut that like something's it's uncanny not quite valley right, almost you know you feel yeah 
It almost sounds like it should be faster, but it would sound really right. terrible. Right. It, well, it sounds like it should be faster or it should be slower. <laughs> it should be higher, but you can't really tell. But you feel like what it is is wrong and unsettling. And there, there must yeah, be multiple sure. versions of, of folk songs like this all over the place. So oh, people yeah. are obviously doing their own, oh, they're their all own over the versions place. of it. Jonathan, you said you found... You think yeah, you I found, found a, a, the Carl Sandburg recording of it, um, which I, I think is the first recorded version of it from way back, like I said, 1920-ish. Um, and it it was literally wow. just him and the guitar. None of those other layers were there. It was just him, the guitar, mm-hmm. singing. But the tempo was about the same. Really? So okay. whatever it is in the writing, whatever is, I don't, I mean, I've never looked at the sheet music for this. And with a lot of folk music, there may not be sheet music that was created until much, much later. I, so I don't know what was written down, but I think that tempo, it, the tempo part is definitely part of what is intended with the song. As far right, as the right. vocals and the, the pitch and all that, I think that was probably more sure. Harley Poe's doing. Yeah. Intentionality of it to make it drag like that to kind of pull you along. Interesting. Okay. That makes sense. I can see that. It's great. It's just so different. And we haven't done a song like this. No, we uh, have before. not. Well, and, and, and so just for your guys' context, last year for our <laughs> Halloween special, we did, and you mentioned this um, in your when you were talking about Halloween music, Halloween yeah. adjacent music. Uh, that's kind of what we did last year. I think the song that I did was "Bad yes. Things," which yeah. is the theme song from yeah, Jace Jace Everett. Bad it? Things. Yep. Yeah, Jace Everett. Yeah. You know the song. Uh and and my dad did The Hole of the Moon by Waterboys. Waterboys? Right. Which isn't a creepy um, Which is just not it's not a creepy song at all, but you know, theming and the everything, it just kinda like yep. fit in at, at the time. And so But the song I all almost did and I wanted to do and I almost did today, which is the, the creepiest Halloween song ever and is terrible, is Martian Hop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which might be the worst song ever. I don't know if you guys might know the worst that song. song. It's it probably be, the worst probably song ever it. written. <laughs> it's it's pretty terrible. But is there anything else that you guys want to say about this song before we kind of get into Halloween no, music I'm... as in general? Oh, it's to me the tempo and everything build together. So what I got from our conversation is that the acoustic guitar controls the pace of the stroke of this song, song. Yeah, normally it would be a bass or a drum yeah. that would, but here it's definitely being led by the guitar. And then the banjo brightens it up, and the I'm going to go back and listen to the bass. The I knew bass was in it yeah. because bass is an instrument to me that I notice when it's not there more than when it is there, um, personally. Uh, so I, I knew there was bass, but I never really paid much attention to it. Now I'm going to have to go back and listen to it for the 18 millionth time this season. And, <laughs> yeah, so well, that's why our show that's is right. called "You're that's Not right. Listening" yep. because people I see don't what hear did these there, things. Right. But it, the bass kicks in when he hits when he as soon as he starts singing is when the bass comes in on the on the word yeah. "ever." Don't ever laugh, and that's when the bass kicks in, and it's this really slow single note, and he just lets the notes ring. But then after it's in that you know about halfway through. When he's when he's a little more powerful and you get the drums, the, the it's, it's not really drums. It's like a Cadence, just a yeah. tambourine coming in. But you you listen to the bass and you'll hear that the the notes are much shorter and they're climbing up and down the scale from note to note throughout that that key. It's 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 interesting. It, it really does give kind of a playful, bouncy feel to it, but you don't really notice it because it is so so in the background and it's it's and and, and think about registry. what. He's got the mids cranked Think way down. Think about what on we're that. doing right now, too, in, in the in the bigger picture things. Sean and you and I, we we talk about imagery through the sound, through through the words, through the music, and all. And you folks, I mean, your 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 genres, everything that you're doing is visual, really. So ours is kind of more representation of of the musical side of it, you know. And we have to kind of create the visual. You actually do the visit the the, the visual. Um, and you know, and and the tactile, and, and all the other things that come along with all the haunts that you do. Yeah. So, the yeah, I mean, so Ugh. these these can and probably should complement each other. But um, boy, they play in together, especially with this song. It it kind of pulls you in both directions. So you do see the visual and crystal with your 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 image of the coming in thin and leaving fat, and like you know, that's like exactly how you turn a song into something that's going to be more visual. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, Jonathan, what's the rules around using this song in something like a haunt? Because if, if people don't, people who listen to our show probably don't know, but Jonathan, you uh, are copyright, a... We'll just say copyright and platers an expert. I'm an expert witness, actually, but I deal a lot with um, copyright reporting. Yeah, um, using this version of it, 
basically would probably be a no-go because even though the composition is because with every song there's two copyrights there's a composition and then there's a recording of it and the result the composition right. long in public domain that's like i said world war one and beyond it's long public domain but this recording is obviously much more modern right so if you were to have somebody yeah, record it, it exactly for you you could use that you could do that or, or if you were to record if you it yourself to grab that you could carl use that. sandberg version from 1920 that's totally legal oh yeah that's probably super creepy. That's probably the creepiest it is very, one. It's very unsettling because it is even more stripped down, which, you know, it, you talk about how, you know, you've noticed all these things and it gives the bounce to it. Imagine it without that bounce, without that, that layers on top of it. You're just focused on nothing but the lyrics the whole time. It's just pretty and deadpan. Carl Sandburg is not known for his voice. Um, so it's very, I don't want to say monotone, but just very direct. And he, he doesn't try attempt to add any flourish. Hmm. Well, I don't have too much else to, no. to say about it. I think it's fascinating. Uh, I You could change out the lyrics to that and make it about anything. And I think I would still enjoy it because I think the sound is just really interesting. And I really like how how much heart and effort he put into performing that. He Like I said, it's kind of a silly song when you, when you really look at it. But he took it very, very seriously uh, in the way that he sings it. Made and a duck. I think he... I think he did a really yeah. good job. I like his voice. I think it's interesting. And, and I just, I can't really get past the sincerity of that performance. That really yeah. does it for me. So <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. But I, I want to talk say, about. Can I just sprinkle one more thing in there? Uh, I don't know if Sean yeah. ever told you about what, what my background in music was, but I, I did uh, mobile DJ work for like 30 plus years and thinking of, you know, weddings and all that. And I don't think I ever remember playing this like, as a first dance for a bride and groom. No. And a, nah. Probably no. not. And well, did, okay, believe, did, did you ever play the time warp? Uh, yes, without question. This, okay, that, could been, that, that could have been the follow-up without question. But uh, And I, I have, believe it or not, played funerals. I've you know, I've done um, sound for funerals stuff. And I'm thinking, kind of would have been cool to like slip this in there. But I don't know if, <laughs> you know, if people would have thought it was going to be... The people that yeah. stay well, late. If you DJ funeral, my right? funeral, you have permission. <laughs> <laughs> Just interesting. That, that I'm trying to think of it from my perspective, like would I ever come across this song? Probably not, unless you know, with my with my son. Now, and and if you can indulge me one more question, John, um, Jonathan, um, Sean. Now that you're a dad, is this going to be something that you're going to have a regular conversation with your girls, three girls, and let's talk about this and let's sing this song in in long van rides as you go cross country and sing you know in, in the car of course of course but when they're ready and i mean they're my oldest daughter is three right. you know we going on 12 <laughs> um <laughs> i i think once these if she starts to ask these questions about these kind of things yeah i i went to school for biological sciences and i worked in a biotech lab for a few years i i'm a science guy if she has questions about what happens to your body when you die i'm gonna tell her what happens right, to your right, body when right. you die and and if this helps her understand it and and get a grasp on it then of course i will, I will play this song for her and i don't probably not a first dance at a wedding think, though don't do i don't that, so. i don't yeah. fear that day i you know when she's ready we'll talk about it absolutely well, well done well done um, and then we'll play this song and we'll right. sing it together and it'll be hilarious. <laughs> and then you'll have it stuck in your head for the next few weeks. That's, <laughs> right. That's right. Right. Exactly. It's going to stay with me. Like it, it is such an earworm, yep. pun intended. Always intend your puns. It really is. It really is an earworm. It sticks with you. But I want to talk about a broader, uh, you know, a, a broader range of Halloween music because Christmas music yeah. takes over during the Christmas holiday. And that doesn't happen with Halloween. But there's a lot of Halloween music out there, and I think that people like, especially this year where a lot of stuff is not happening. You know, a lot of haunts are closed or people aren't comfortable yeah. going to them, like you said. And that's a big activity for a lot of people. And also don't have your Halloween parties and your usual things you do. Yeah, and trick-or-treating. You know, my town canceled trick-or-treating. Um, so, like, there's a lot of a lot of people feel like Halloween's not happening this year. And I think having a fun playlist and some music that you can kind of like get you in that mood and 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 feel like you're it's Halloween time is is really it's really important for people who enjoy the holiday like myself and Dad you've been playing uh, you know Halloween parties my whole yep. life you would you would do the rec rec ones yep. and stuff like that and there's there a is. lot out there and I want to kind of take like Jonathan and Crystal what's your approach to this you know what how do you approach playing music around this time it, it's always interesting because a lot of it depends on what we're trying to achieve um like we do a yard display every year or and some years not 
this year, but some years we would set it to music. And for that, because we wanted the yard display to be more kid and family friendly, we'd focus on a lot of Disney stuff and a lot of more family. Mm-hmm. I think the like the the hardest thing we would do in that is like stuff like you know Ghostbusters the theme and I think the most controversial one was the Tiger Lily oh yeah uh, darkness and Krakadoom and darkness and Krakadoom yeah I'd forgotten Krakadoom about that. would be really good for you to listen to yeah it's another good one it's a very I can't say yeah, the Tiger Lilies are an interesting band it's a it's a folk band once again yeah. but it's not nearly stripped down i think they have four instruments and the lead singer is in a falsetto <laughs> and they sing oh. <laughs> very morbid lyrics like they have a whole album of the i don't know if you've heard about the german fairy tales which basically were just torture devices for kids trying to scare them into being good <laughs> and so they made an entire cd of those tales in song format yeah, and they were in a book called Shockheaded Peter. Yes, thank you. I couldn't remember the book. Uh-huh. And it was basically the equivalent of Dr. Spock in popularity. Um, for, for like the 1600s. For the was... 1600s, <laughs> yes. Well, let's put for that when in perspective. it was out. Let's put it in perspective. <laughs> I don't think people would do this now. <laughs> I hope not. Good God. Yeah, but but yeah. the other thing we do, and we do this regularly is we have video battles. Yeah. So in September, we start having our Halloween video battles and trying to find new music to add to it. Yeah, and in the video battle, if you've never done this, it's really neat. You just get like a Chromecast, and everyone on their phones get on YouTube and just add stuff to the queue, and everyone's like contributing to DJing. And it's a hmm. we do it around our house, you, me, and Ellie, uh, do them very regularly and around halloween we have all basically halloween themed video battles and it's a lot of fun and you get exposed to a lot of new music in very short amount of time that way that's cool we used to do something dad do you remember when we used to go on turntable sure turntable. oh yeah i remember that vaguely yeah did you ever do that yeah that was a lot of fun you go there and you kind of like make a song cue and then it goes one person at a time playing their next song that 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 was that was a blast there were some haters on there though man a lot of haters on on turntable (laughs) This is the beginning um, of the Twitter so stuff. So I'm I'm curious to what you guys. It seems like there's like different categories when it comes oh, yeah. to this, right? Like, you know, with Christmas music, we we do a big Christmas special. We actually did a two two parter last year. We we do a lot of Christmas music stuff too. And there's like categories. There's really only two categories with that, and it's Christmas songs and Christmas carols. And with Halloween, it's like I feel like there's these different pockets. That you can't yeah, definitely like there's yeah. there's like this kind of stuff where it's like not necessarily oh it's not about Halloween it's not Halloween music it's gothic it's morbid it's kind of you know the kind of visceral kind of stuff stuff like stuff well, I mean, like the bands we've been talking about but then you get other ones obviously like the traditional ones like Monster Mash and all that stuff that you hear everywhere the only ones they would play on the radio at Halloween time right, right? Yeah. which is about Halloween and I written for Halloween. You and yeah, exactly, exactly. And then the stuff that kind of can fit in with the theme, but you can listen to all year, like the songs we talked about last year. But there's there's some crossover. Like I think of bands like Creature Feature who play a lot of their lyrics are kind of that kind of visceral, morbid stuff, but a lot of their themes also fit in with well-known horror tropes. Like they talk about stuff you see in horror, in famous horror movies, and like the invasion of the body snatchers, they they have a song where they talk about stuff like that, and then they talk about they actually talk about Halloween and and a lot of themes that are very Halloween specific. So it's really kind of interesting. It sounds like they're writing Halloween music, but they they're not like addressing it directly. So well, and there's a there's actually this is interesting. There's a group called Midnight Syndicate. Mm-hmm, I know um, them, they're very yeah. well known. They're in the haunted attraction. They literally that's what they do is they make music for haunted attractions, like background music, right? Yeah, background music, yeah. And a lot of it is actually really good to just listen to. I mean, a lot of it, you can put it on while you're working and hanging out, and it's a lot of fun. I actually recommend checking it out if you haven't heard Mid- if you haven't Midnight done it. Syndicate? Done so. Midnight yeah. Syndicate. I okay. do know. I, I do actually listen to I put them on in the background sometimes when I'm working because it's Basically, not all, yeah. like, creepy, scary music. Like, no, it's just no. kind of atmospheric, uh, yeah. ambient music, uh, which is kind of cool. And that is... That is how they started, right? That was their intention was to like exactly, make yes. this background music for these types of entertainment, which is and they actually cool. licensed their music to haunted attractions oh. in exchange for just putting up a poster. Really? Oh. So it's freely licensed. Uh, I know a lot of haunts use it just because of that reason. They don't and have it, to pay ASCAP, BMI, or anything. And it's good enough. It works. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Right. But it may not be necessarily something that you would put on like a playlist if you're having a Halloween party. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So it's, it's, so, it's interesting. So uh, Sean and I come from a very different background when it comes to Halloween. He, he's a deep diver with this stuff and, and you know, the stuff that, which I don't really enjoy, but the stuff that I had to play when I was doing the DJ, DJ work was, uh, was, was kind of predictable and all, as, as you mentioned. Um, so with that in mind, like I, I kind of consider you guys like pros, you know, like you're okay. pro Halloween, like you're at a whole different level than I'll ever be. Um, I mean, I would be terrified to even go to one of your haunts and, and I, <laughs> I'd probably avoid it and stay in the car or something like that. Um, we went down to Universal, what's a, what's a horror night? Halloween Horror Nights, yeah. Right, we did that one <sighs> time crazy. and I was terrified and I hated it and it was, you know, it was wonderfully awful and Sean loved it and my wife and I just like, okay, we're going to skip this one stuff. So like I'm at a whole different level. So when, when you... Considering that you're kind of at, at the pro level, you're varsity, and then I'm not even in the ball game kind of thing. When you hear music that's pedestrian or that's predictable or, or, or typical, do you almost examples? Not, Give some examples. Not well, Ghostbusters, you know, um, Thriller, um, Thriller, etc. I will never not white boy dance to Ghostbusters. That's just <laughs> <laughs> that isn't. I'm just wondering, like, is that stuff that you know when you're I'm at stealing the, that line from Chris? When you're at the at the at the level that you're at with some of the really advanced stuff that you've you've you know kind of gone into in the haunts and all. Do you almost kind of like, you know, I, I know you, you you probably can't because it's not politically correct, but do you almost like roll your eyes like, oh, you know, there's so much more that you don't even know the young man. You know, is it like are we just at a whole different level that we're missing it or? That's I just don't think it, so. I mean, I, I take the attitude like what you like. It doesn't really matter. I'm not going to roll my eyes at anything you like as long as it brings you joy at the end of the day. Right. And, and there is a lot of great Halloween music out there, but, you know, Ghostbusters, This is Halloween. Um I put a spell on you, et cetera. Right, sort right. of those, 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 I guess you would say, um, cornerstone songs of Halloween. I know I don't roll my eyes at them. I, I love them. I just have, you know, my list is two hours long and I have <laughs> those songs as part of it. It's, it's, it's a piece of the puzzle to me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and then one thing that I, I do sometimes get a little bit. Uh, when I know there's a better version of the song for what they're trying to do. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that because like that, yeah. this is Halloween. I love the original, the Tim Burton movie, but the Marilyn Manson cover. Oh, if you're it's trying so good. to get If you're trying to get that amped energy for Halloween, then you've got to get the Marilyn Manson cover. Really, really. And even if just, you don't think you're into Marilyn Manson, oh no, don't, don't worry about whether or not you're into Marilyn Manson. It is or not. like it's so good. It's just really, really good. No, why? Yeah. Why is it? What makes it so good? It, it's just, it instills that feeling that you're yeah. looking for, right? Like yeah. the the that feeling of like that old school kind of Halloween ambiance yeah. that you that's your that people are nostalgic about. It's like dripping with it. Yeah, and it's harder. It's because uh, it, you know it's the Tim Burton one's darker, and it's just more energetic all around. I mean, it, it's yeah. it's so. It's well, such if a great someone's cover. gonna sing that song, like Marilyn Manson was made for that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> that, his cover is so good. And even if you don't like anything else Marilyn Manson has ever done, that's probably still something. So, again, out. educate me. It's a Marilyn Manson from. Uh, it's just an album. He just, I don't know which album. Wait, was, what, what's just, he covering? This is, ha- so, this is Halloween. Oh, so the, uh, this is this is Halloween Dead is the opening song to Nightmare for, Before Christmas. Nightmare Christmas. Oh, okay, okay. They, right, so it's they, that released, cover. A, okay. a, they right. released a record of all cover songs of all the songs from that movie. Oh, okay. By different... Uh, okay. uh, it's called right. Nightmare Revisited, and yeah. they Thank they had all modern bands covering all the different songs on there, and gotcha. Marilyn Manson is the one that how, does... How are some of the other covers, too? I mean, Marilyn Manson is, is Marilyn Manson, so I already know exactly where it's going to go and how it's going to be and everything, which is awesome. Right. It's, what it's some fascinating. Of the other ones like, um, you, you know the, the brother-sister duo Rodrigo yep. and Gabriella, the yep. acoustic guitarist? They did a song on there, so it's like spanning all different genres it's really it's really interesting cool. okay. and, and everyone is interesting i've listened like i said listening everyone is interesting to me and everyone's going to end up on my halloween playlist gotcha right? but they're all at least interesting mm-hmm. for one reason or the other gotcha it's a bit okay. like you know when a uh, apocalyptica de metallica on four cellos um <laughs> not every song lands but it's, they're all interesting <laughs> you know well put. you're going to sit there and listen to it so um, and then, people- like, I also, oh, sorry, go no, go but ahead. another example, the cover issue, um, I put a spell on you. Bette Midler gets a lot of the credit here mm. and that's because of Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Screaming Jay Hawkins. The Screaming Jay Hawkins. Yeah. You got to oh, go yeah. for Screaming Jay, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, can just tell epic. watching that his vocal cords were dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah you sure do that once. Speak for, 
That's one take. He did not do it a second time. Well, that Bette Midler version, I don't think that's even, a, it's not available on Spotify, I don't think. I think it isn't? I don't, I don't think huh. so. Might be part of the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, don't I don't know. know. I, I feel like I looked for it once as I was building huh. my Halloween playlist a little while ago and I couldn't couldn't track it down but yeah it's so, amazing uh, how uh, uh, hocus pocus has brought a whole different level of that genre oh with the younger kids kind my, of into my Halloween. daughter loves it she's yeah. three yeah. and she wa- she's watching it like three times a day now she loves it <laughs> that it's makes you proud i'll bet <laughs> it makes me so proud it makes me so back proud. when we all had a crush on sarah jessica parker <laughs> um so i i want to get it a little bit but we're going kind of long so i don't want to keep you guys yeah. up too late but sorry no worries uh, I want to get a little bit of input for people like my dad. Not, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, Dad. I'm just saying for people who well, you do every don't... podcast anyway, but that's fine. Feel free, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, why change tactics yeah, now? Yeah. For for people who don't, um, you know, regularly listen to this kind of stuff, you know, like I I have a pretty deep cut playlist uh, of some bands and performers that I like to listen to somewhat regularly, but. For people who Halloween music for them is the Purple People Eater and Monster Mash and, you know, Thriller, um, what are some bands that you would recommend they look into without kind of, you know, that that are easy, uh, easy to access, easy access and and yeah, kind of the, you know, dipping their toes in the water um, so they can just kind of build out a bigger playlist and have have uh, more songs that they can listen to around this time? Um, What leaps to mind right away is Voltaire. Mm-hmm. Um, Aurelio Voltaire. He's got multiple albums, and his songs tend to be approachable to even family friendly in many cases. I don't. He doesn't do much that I think would be like inappropriate on like a family Halloween playlist. Nice. But he hasn't gotten a lot of love. I mean, some of his songs sound like kid songs. Yeah, I mean, Brains. It was a kid song. It was literally on Billy and Mandy. He's so, done a full album of kid songs. Yeah, he does kid songs, but but yeah, he does that very interesting sound and very topical for Halloween. Um, also, I would say. The horror pops come to mind. Horror pops. <clears throat> Isn't that like a punk rockabilly kind of sound? Yeah, it's a punk rockabilly sound. They do. They have um, songs like Walk Like a Zombie that are definitely appropriate for Halloween. There's a I'll lot say, of yeah. horror punk bands out there. Yeah, there are. That are I don't know. I, I don't it's, love the horror punk thing, but... Uh, yeah, I get that. Um, Crystal, you got anyone in mind? I know we threw out a Voltaire, which was probably your first go. Sorry. No, that's okay. And and look into some of the deeper cuts on bands like Alice Cooper, I would say. Like, everybody knows, like, five or six Alice Cooper songs. Mm. He's got Keeping Halloween Alive. It's actually one of my favorite um, Halloween songs, and it seems like almost nobody's heard of it. <laughs> and one of my favorite <laughs> Halloween songs is actually The Who, Boris oh. the Spider. That's yep. true. That's true. John Entwistle. Yeah. Yep. Well I think done. you could say yeah. the same thing about Rob Zombie too. I know it, it's yeah. kind of cliche to throw Rob Zombie in uh, the same boat as Alice Cooper, but he's got some pretty deep cuts too that are that are really yeah, good. Uh, what by Rob Zombie mm-hmm. remains one of my favorite Halloween tracks, for example. I love that song. I, I, um, I am excited to talk about Rob Zombie at some point because he he's got a really interesting sound too. Yeah, um, that you you might not expect if you just kind of look at him for face value, but uh, there's some interesting stuff going on there. And then the other band I mentioned earlier that I have a lot of on my Halloween list is is Creature Feature. They're so interesting mm. to me. It's like a duo, and it's kind of heavy guitar synth rock kind of stuff. I don't really know how to describe it, but very heavy with Halloween theming, which is kind of fun. Yeah, that's one of the things is is a lot of it is you've got the might have the right artist, but you might not have listened to all of the catalog. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's one of the things I think that's common throughout. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but with Halloween music, you've got a lot of people like Zombie and Love Zombie and Alice Cooper that have these huge discographies, hmm. and everyone knows like five or six songs from. Them. And so you say, "Oh yeah, put on some Rob Zombie," and ah, oh, roll their eyes. But <laughs> no, 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 try, <laughs> try these. <laughs> well, it's funny you mention that because I grew up, you know, when I was in high school and maybe even earlier, um, is when Alice Cooper was Alice Cooper. Uh, and it wasn't just schools out and everything else. So it's like uh, you made me think of the old. Yeah, I remember listening to you know from from beginning to end of some of these songs, and they were you know they were not popular with my parents. Um, and but they you know you, you that's when you throw the headphones on the big cost headphones the size of Volkswagens on your ears and and listen the to cans. them. No one else can hear them. And <laughs> um, and I do remember that that they, they there is some stuff in the, in his his deeper catalog that was pretty 
that was pretty out there. So I forgot about going in back and doing that. So I'll have to I'll have to explore that, like Billion Dollar Babies right. and a bunch of other things too. So okay, All and right. he's got like some relatively new stuff too, like Vengeance is Mine. Which really? Is, okay. Not, His new stuff as well. He's okay. got Vengeance is Mine, great song. Also works well in Halloween too. Nice. Yeah. Um, that's a relatively new cut by him. So yeah, we, I mean, we'll try to have Alice on too. I, we should try to call him up and see if he can come on. We'll reach Tell out him I've got a pair of his pants. Okay. Um, he can come. come pick don't him. don't oh, even want to go down that rabbit that hole. That sounds like a story you. that I can't wait to hear. Yep. At yep. some point, you got to. <laughs> Is that going to be one it. of your your future podcasts? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this episode we're talking about Alice, Alice Cooper's, Cooper's pants. Now <laughs> we came to own a pair signed on the butt by him. Nice. Um, <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Well, I mean, is there anything else that, that you guys want to talk about uh, regarding music and Halloween? No. I mean, one of the things that we've learned as far as discovering Halloween music is that YouTube has been a godsend because you can find playlists other people made. And maybe you'll know 80% of the things on there, but you pull out the things that you don't know and do your deeper dive that way. That's how we discovered Haywood Banks. Um, I don't know if he's released anywhere other than on YouTube. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he did a, a couple of Halloween-themed comedy songs, but more from an adult perspective of Halloween. Hmm. So if you want some funny Halloween music that you identify as a father <laughs> rather than as a kid, Haywood Banks has some stuff for no, that. Check that out. Yeah, but, but yeah, the playlists on YouTube have been a godsend for us. And doing the video battles and being put on the spot and having to come up with something and wanting to do something new, that's been our savior. Well, I say we spoke with a musician last night for the next upcoming episode. Uh, get really excited about that, by the way. We're going to start start uh, pitching that one out soon. Um, it may even be a two-parter because, man, does this guy like to talk. But yeah, he's good, um, too. Get really excited. He one of my favorite really musicians. We, yeah. we spoke to him yesterday, and I was talking about the way we discovered him was through YouTube. Yep. You know, I was listening to some Rockabilly so uh, song on YouTube, and then he he came up as the, the automatic play for the next song, and I just fell in love and dove in. I mean, it's amazing how oh. how YouTube does that. One of my favorite bands, and also, once again, good for Halloween, the band Sorry for Nothing. Mm -hmm. I found them out because they were licensing their music for a Flash game. Huh. They had their song Swallow Your Soul. It was on. The, it was back when Guitar Hero was a thing. Yeah, Swallow so Your Soul. Stupid, yeah, stupid little Flash game. Basically, it tells the story of the uh, the original Evil Dead. Oh, okay. Um, that was, then that makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah, and that's why it's Swallow Your Soul. Um, it's, uh, but no, when I heard that song, like I got to look up more of this band. And then eventually we went to England and saw them perform. Oh, wow. Um, wow. They're from the Newcastle area in England. Wow. It was just huge coincidence. We were going to be there anyway, but it worked wow. out so perfectly. And That's Sean, awesome. you've heard of them through Guitar Hero? You knew that song? No, it wasn't Guitar Hero. It was a Guitar Hero knockoff on like. No, I don't know uh, that band. I don't know that song. I just okay. when he mentioned Evil Dead, I mean, one of oh, the gotcha. lines yeah. from Evil Dead is we'll swallow your soul. So oh, yeah, that's okay. why I said it All makes right. perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> so. Jonathan, Crystal, Haunt Weekly, thank you guys so much for uh, for joining us been a lot of fun. and talking to us. Hopefully, we can talk to you again. But we really appreciate it. You know, you, you guys, you you keep Halloween alive for me all year, and I appreciate that. And I'm going to continue to to listen and and follow you guys. So uh, thank you for what you do. Good Great luck with your podcast, and we really do appreciate you guys joining us. Thank so you. Thank you thank for you. all of your insight and everything. Our pleasure, and thank you for having us. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed this. And I appreciate working with other podcasters because they like prepare and do their homework and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should see my show notes before Haunt Weekly when we go live. It can be a bit of a mess, but <laughs> there is preparation. You are correct. It really Sometimes is a it's preparation H. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was almost a dad joke. That was almost a dad joke, Jonathan. Dad, do you want to sign off at all? You got anything else you want to say? No, just um, I feel so. Um, um, you know, unworthy of this because I feel like I'm like the third wheel on on a, uh, a really nice Halloween date kind of thing. Um, it's a because the songs that I was going to bring to the to the table were, were again pretty pedestrian, and even if I was trying to look deep dive, I mean, we we joke about uh, Clap Full of Wolf Man or you know Martian Hop or something like that. But uh, I was thinking like, oh, Psycho Killer or something. You know, it's like yeah, this I, I would have been laughed off the podcast. Like, oh no, that's, nah. not, that's not even that's funny. Not, no, no. <laughs> But that's I mean, why. But, but, but it feels like I, I don't have the expertise to kind of go that deep. And I that even if you weren't here, Jonathan and Crystal, Sean and I would be be saying the same thing because his level Halloween 
is what probably mine is for Christmas or St. Patrick's Day. And so we always have those kind of battles back and forth in, in, in different kind of genres yeah. that we end up talking We'll have about. to share our anti-Christmas playlist with there you. you. There you go. There you go. We'll <laughs> yeah. have you come on back in, in late November for a Christmas one. Huh? Talk about songs that lampoon and make fun of Christmas because that's our jam. We do that every year. <laughs> that's funny. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite songs of all time, though, is Little Red Riding Hood. Mm. And that that's gets creepy. into our Halloween yeah. playlist. Same the Shame oh, and the Pharaohs, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a creepy And once song. again, a song that drags and drags you along with it. Yeah. It's that type of, yeah. almost the same, very similar tempo there. Yeah. The so, same that's got a of, sinister sound to it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's more of a sinister vibe than a, a bouncy vibe. Yeah. <laughs> it comes at it from a different way, but yeah, it's a, it is a very unsettling song. It's very creepy. It's very weird. And yeah. And it My dad you, used to sing it to me. That that's wrong. That is just actively <laughs> wrong. See that well, is messed up. Well, take that to another level. You know what Sean's gonna? You know if, if he has to sing some lullabies to his his daughters now, he's gonna start singing the one we went over today. You know, mm, so. maybe not lullabies to help okay. him sleep. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jonathan, Crystal, thank thanks again, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, and remember to subscribe to You're Not Listening. Subscribe yeah, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there. We, wherever podcasts are podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to Haunt Weekly as well and listen to them to hear about some awesome haunty stuff. Absolutely. And uh, buy stuff from our merch store because we got some fun t-shirts and baby onesies and tote bags and all that good stuff. Links all in the show notes for all that stuff. Rate, review, stay hydrated, and don't be a dick. We will talk to you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.